Today's show is brought to you by FlexJobs. At FlexJobs, you can find flexible work, work at home, real jobs available in a host of different fields that you can apply for. Now, to get access to the application, you have to create an account, but it has jobs in HR, recruiting, graphic design, bilingual positions, sales, there's lots of different categories of positions that are available. So use the link in the show notes, go to Flex Jobs and see what they have for you for flexible work. And with that, we'll be back in just one moment. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 2,121. I'm Jeff Alton, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome. I like to spend some time five days a week talking with you about some aspect of job search because I believe it doesn't have to be as hard or difficult or painful as it is for so many of you. It's just the skills needed to find a job are different than those needed to do a job. And very simply, I want to make it easier for you than you have otherwise. Now, today's show is one where I talk with someone about using sales techniques to find a position. Doesn't just work with salespeople, which is what he is, but it's using these techniques that will help you find work. Hope you find it helpful and give it a great review wherever you listen to the show. And we'll be back in just one moment. Support for today's show comes from CareerFitter. CareerFitter is a site where they give you a 60-question test. takes about 10 minutes. And out of that, they're going to give you recommendations basically for your ideal business environment, a team-building approach, career matches, work strengths, income potential based upon job matching, preferred communications uh, methods, weaknesses that you may have, a whole host of things. They'll give you a free report. They have a premium report as well. Quality service recommended by Forbes, Psychology Today, and quite a few others. So use the link in the show notes. It will help you start to figure out some of the things you might consider with a new career. And if you hire me to coach you, I'll give you a little bit of a discount and reimburse you for some of the cost of the premium uh, report because it'll help us both with coaching. And now, let's get going. So my guest today is Jonathan Mahan, a sales professional who lost his job twice in the last year. In both cases, he was able to receive offers for higher paying roles within two weeks of being let go. Two weeks, get that one, folks. And he's not a veteran guy. He's a guy with three years of experience, works in highly competitive fields, But what he's done is leverage a variety of different sales and marketing techniques to get the attention of firms who were immediately impressed and basked in his magnificence and ultimately wound up, joking aside, helping him land his next role. Jonathan, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. I find that, uh, you know, job searching is something that no one's really trained how to do. And if they are, they're trained how to do it in the 1990s style, you know. So uh, I found this works for me. I'm happy to share it with others. And that's the idea of today's show. Um, And we're going to approach this, folks, from the standpoint of what he does from an outbound marketing perspective and what he does from an inbound marketing perspective. So if I were to start off and say three years, 
highly competitive field. A resume that yeah, I can't say there's anything extraordinary about it. How the heck do you do this? Yeah, basically, you know, I, I very much treat a job search like I am my own company and the product I'm selling is me. My customers are, or my prospects rather, are these companies who are hiring for salespeople. And I treat it like that. And this is rough in some ways because of course I have to do everything, right? I have to do the marketing of the product and I have to do the selling of the product and it's all on me. But of course, what makes it kind of easier is that, well, I suddenly have 40 plus hours a week freed up, but I didn't used to have freed up, right? Basically I can use the time I used to spend selling for another company, selling their product. I now shift that time and use that time to sell for myself, selling the product, which is myself, you know? And what's nice about this, sales motion is that I only have to make one sale. How cool is that? Literally, I can go through hundreds of companies and only have to make one sale and be doing great. You know, I can have a 1% conversion rate and be doing great. So I just treat it like it's sales. So I do elements of marketing to create inbound leads for myself. And I do elements of like prospecting and, you know, cold outbounding to, you know, get appointments with the companies who are kind of like on my A-list. And between those two motions, I do fine. So when you lost your first job, I have to assume you went through the, oh my God, what, you know, all the, all the terror of losing a job and folks, he's nodding his head pretty aggressively. <laughs> so how do you pull yourself together to switch gears and get yourself in, you know, into this approach that wound up being so successful? So for me, there, I, I definitely bounce back quicker than I've heard most folks do. Um, but basically, you know, you go through the process of shock and terror and grief and confusion. Um, I think you have to go through the process too of like figuring out what happened. Like, so for me, the first time I got fired, like straight up, we don't want you any here, get out, fired, not even like a downsize or a COVID layoff, right? And that had never happened to me before in my entire life. So there was a real emotional rocking that happened of like, what the heck, how did this, how did it come to this, right? So I had to spend some time understanding that, like how much of it was, it was just a bad fit. How much of it was, it's the company's fault. How much of it was, it's my fault. What are the lessons I have to take away from this? And that is tough, right? Because when your ego is threatened, all you want to do is push the blame away from you. But of course, if you do that, you'll never learn any lessons. So you have to find this balance of like being open to what you did wrong and where you went wrong, but while at the same time, not like letting it totally shake you to your core and lose your confidence, right? That can take some time. I highly recommend talking to other people right? Other people in your life who know you well, who can tell you what your strengths are, and maybe even admit to you what your weaknesses are, right? It's okay to have clarity on those things. Talk to people who have been fired themselves, right? Who have gone through this. Um, one of the things that I did that helped me heal so quickly, which is actually kind of one of the strategies we'll get to later, but I told LinkedIn what had happened, my network on LinkedIn. And so many people, some who I knew, knew well, and some were total strangers, were reaching out to me, sharing their stories of being fired or laid off or whatever. And I started to realize all these people out there who I kind of vaguely knew, liked, and respected and knew they were, you know, at the top of their game, were telling me that they had been fired three times before, right? Or, you know, various stories. And, and I realized that, you know, I'm not the first person who's been here. It's going to be okay. It's going to end well. In fact, it's possible that it could even, you know, I could be better off for this, right? A lot of people had that story to share. So talk to people a lot, 
about what you're going through, whether it's publicly on LinkedIn or privately on phone calls with those in your network. Um, you know, definitely whatever you found in general helps you rebound. For a lot of people, that's like exercise. For me, that's getting out in the mountains and hiking. Even music is a big part for me. But definitely focus on like getting yourself in a, an emotional solid ground first, right? For me, that only took a couple of days. For some people, it might take a couple of weeks or months, but get on emotional solid ground. And then you can start doing these intensive uh, job search practices that I use. And notice folks, what he's done is acknowledge, he hasn't used this word, I'm going to interpret it. He felt shame for having been yep. fired. U.S. culture fired, you are a screw up, is yep. the first reaction that people have. And, excuse me, it's normal. And when you hold on to those feelings, as I've learned over many years, what happens is that they start to eat out your insides. And they're like a poison that kind of festers in your gut and causes damage. The idea of opening up the wound to the light of air and talking to other people to begin the process of healing by other people say, yeah, it's happened to me too. You don't feel quite as alone. And thus you can transition to the other side of this and get into motion faster the sooner you can open up about that. How is that for an interpretation of what you had said? hundred percent. One of the things that was running through my mind is this mantra of shame thrives in darkness and withers in the light. And I just knew as much as everything in me was saying, don't tell anyone, keep the secret. I knew I had to share it. So first I shared it one-on-one -on -one with those who were close to me. Then I shared it with my LinkedIn network. And in both cases, absolutely that shame started to wither and disappear, you know, in the light of people's encouragement and support and love that they were pouring out. So yeah, don't, don't go with your gut instinct to hide this, right? Tell people it's the best thing you can do. And that's so counterintuitive because people want to hide that because they're afraid an employer is going to find out that they're interviewing someone who got fired and the yeah. result winds up being damaging as part of the job search. So then, you know, you've tabled that feeling. I can't say it goes away, but, you know, you've been able to manage it differently than the initial shock and you're now ready to start getting out into the world what did you do yeah so well, i guess we'll talk about the outbound approach first right um and there's really two types of outbound there's what i call warm outbound and cold outbound warm outbound is pretty simple right this is trying to leverage referrals and leverage your network so think to yourself all right who do i know who if they saw me at a grocery store would greet me by name right like they don't have to be your best friend but I also wouldn't reach out to someone that you like work with 10 years ago and haven't spoken to since. But like, you know them well enough, you've interacted with them enough that if you saw them in Walmart, you'd go, hey, Doug, how's it going, right? Who do you know that well? Write out a list and reach out to each one of them. You know, you could do a personal phone call. What I did is I used like LinkedIn voice messages on the LinkedIn app, there's a little voice feature. And I just sent little 60 second voice messages. Hey man, haven't talked in a while. Just wanna let you know I'm looking. If anything crosses your way, appreciate it if you let me know. Right, simple as that. So start there. Um, another part of the warm outbound approach is for any companies you are interested in, right, that you want to work for, pull up some of their leaders. In my case, it's sales leaders, right, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has a great feature where it can tell you, you have three mutual connections to this person, right, or three people in your network are connected to this person. And just look at who those people are. You know, a lot of times there are people you don't actually know and don't worry about it. But, you know, I would say half the time or a third of the time, you'll pull up this sales leader who could be your future boss. You'll look at who in your network is also in their network. And it'll say, hey, 
Andrew here is in their network. And you'll go, oh my God, I know Andrew. In which case you send a message and say, hey, Andrew, I'm job searching right now. I noticed you're connected to someone who's a hiring manager where I'm working. Would you be willing to make an introduction for me? So that's not, not too new or novel, but just make sure you're checking those boxes and not missing that because that can be a really, really great way to do it. Um, last time, so my first time I was job hunting, that was the particular play that ended up getting me my job. It was reaching out to someone who I knew fairly well and they ended up connecting me to the right person and I got a job there. And one of the things, I'm going to interrupt there for a second. One of the easy ways to identify that person you'd wave at in a store is if they're in your phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's an easy recognition because you put them in the phone because you have a relationship with them. So recognize folks. It's the easiest place to start. You can send them a text because they're in your phone. You can do a message through LinkedIn if you're not all that close with them, but you're close enough. Uh, a message uh, like Jonathan said, uh, about using LinkedIn and the voice messaging fe feature, which is only in the mobile app. It's not on the desktop, folks. Uh, and just a quick message, because it's a 60-second voice message. And voice is so much easier than typing, right? Yep. Um, so as far as the cold outbound, right, that's what you'll use more often because, you know, unless you have the world's biggest network, you'll quickly run out of, you know, uh, people to reach out to. So the cold outreach is something to do a lot. And I've kind of broken down to like eight different plays you can use. And I would suggest, you know, come up with a list of like dream companies, right? Your A-list, but maybe five or six companies. And they should be getting every single one of these plays pretty much the whole time of job searching. Every couple of days, be hitting them up, right? Um, companies you don't care about so much, maybe do two or three of these plays and then just leave it to chance at that point. But if you really care about a company, you should have a cadence set up of like, all right, every two or three days, I'm touching someone at that company, right? Pick maybe three to five people, whether it's recruiters, HR leaders, hiring managers, you know, whoever it is. Focus on those people and just keep running through these plays until you either get a yes, a no, or a restraining order. Just keep going, right? <laughs> so, <Ba -dum> boom. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things you can do is pretty simple is leverage LinkedIn and comment on things and tag them in things. So not everyone posts on LinkedIn, but if they're the type of person who posts on LinkedIn, comment on their posts, like their posts send them a connection request, follow them. Each of those things is going to put your name in their notification box, right? Even just a simple like. And I usually recommend don't comment and like at the same time, right? You're in this for the long haul. So comment one day, come back a few days later and like so that your name keeps appearing in the notification feed over and over again. Even find things that they've commented on, right? LinkedIn will show you that as well. Like, hey, you know, here's something they recently commented on. If you comment on that same post, They'll go to a notification saying, Jonathan Mahan commented on a post you also commented on, right? You just want to get your name to appear in the notification feed as much as possible. If you find articles or posts you think they would like, tag them in it. If you see an opportunity for them to get some business, like, hey, you know who offers these services? This guy. Literally do that for them. They'll be very appreciative if they log in and see you left a comment saying, hey, if you want these services, contact this company because they're a great company. Get your name in their feed so that they are get used to seeing your name. So when your name appears in their email inbox or when they get a connection request from you, they go, oh, I know that guy. Um, once you've sent them a connection request and they've connected, and again, that won't happen all the time, right? Maybe a third of the time they'll accept the connection request. But when they do, you have the option to send LinkedIn DMs as well. Now, you can send text-only DMs. You can send the voice DMs you mentioned. Or you can use a tool like BombBomb or Vidyard or Loom to send a video DM to this person. Um, right. the, give them the uh, names of the products. And if you know the websites, spell the product names 
and uh, the websites yeah. that they can find out about the product. Yeah, so bomb bomb, it's like B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B.com. They have a temporary free trial for like 14 days. Um, Vidyard, so V-I-D-Y-A-R-D.com. They have a permanent free version. Um, and then Loom, L-O-O-M, they have a permanent free version as well. Um, those are the tools that you should be using to send video messages. Now, again, you got to wait till they've connected to you to be able to send these, but you can't do it to someone who's like a second degree connection or third degree. But those are hugely powerful. People aren't used to getting them. They get a chance to see your personality and get to know you and feel comfortable with you. And they get a sense that you're willing to go above and beyond what most people are willing to do, which and I don't care what role you're in, right? That is, that's important. Showing them that you're willing to put the effort in that most people aren't willing to. It doesn't matter what role you're applying for is important. So that's I'm one thing. I'm, I'm going to interrupt for a second. And folks, in advance of sending a video message in particular, script out what you're going to say. Don't make it sound like you're scripted. Don't make it seem like you're reading, like your eyes are going from one side to the other reading. There are teleprompter apps for most devices that are free. You can play with a free version of it. So it scrolls as you talk. Again, we're not talking about a 10 minute message. No one would listen on LinkedIn. It's 60 seconds. You want to be that brief with it. So she's the interruption. Let's keep rolling. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you also have the option to cold call these people. Now, for some people that, well, I think for everyone it's terrifying, but if you're looking for a sales role or a business development role in particular, like I am, you really better be cold calling these people because a sales leader wants to know that you're willing and able to pick up the phone and make a cold call. That's literally going to be part of your job. But for any, for any career, any job, that could be something that, again, differentiates you and shows people that, hey, I'm willing to go to measures most people aren't. Now, you might ask the question, how do I get their phone number, right? Well, there are tools out there that professional salespeople use to pull phone numbers off the internet, off the LinkedIn profiles. And all of these tools that I know of have a free version that give you X number of credits. So hunter.io, uh, something called Apollo, uh, seamless.ai. Um, I actually used one I found this time called Signal Hire as well. These are all tools that will like work with LinkedIn. It's usually like a Chrome extension you add so that when you're on someone's LinkedIn profile, there's a button you can press and pull their email and phone number. And again, they'll each give you like 10 free credits or 30 free credits or something, which isn't much. But if you get like six of these tools, well, there we go. It adds up, right? And you can get a lot of people's contact information without having to pay anything using these tools. So get their phone numbers. Oftentimes they're not good phone numbers, but give it a shot, right? It'll work one out of 10 times and that'll get you the interview you need. Uh, email addresses are usually a little bit more reliable. So definitely pull their email addresses. So after you do the cold call, you can send a follow-up cold email. And these cold emails, you can do text-only cold emails, right? You can also do video emails, right? Each of those tools I mentioned can be used to take a video and put it in an email, Vidyard, Bomb, Bomb, Loom. So put a video in the email. I literally just got a response back this morning from a hiring manager saying, wow, this is incredible. Talk about going above and beyond. You know, we aren't hiring now, but hit us up in two weeks. Like immediately got on her radar, got attention. Now, when I, you know, saw that job posted on LinkedIn a week ago or something, it said there was 89 applicants. I threw in my resume along with the other 89 applicants and nothing happened. But I send this video email and I get a response. Now, I wish I'd sent it earlier because apparently I was too late. They <laughs> just filled that role. But send these video emails, right? Again. And notice how sending video cuts the line. Mm -hmm. If what all you do is you're another fish in the pond, which is what having 89 submissions at the time you're applying, you know, and all of you are trying to jump on the one hook that gets thrown in the water. The odds are not well stacked, but where you can cut the line and demonstrate something different about yourself, 
you know, as was pointed out, suddenly it's like, ooh, nice response. Keep going, keep going, That's you're doing it. great. Yep. <laughs> uh, another approach I use is I try to create referrals by building relationships with people on the bottom of the totem pole, right? So yeah, I'll send connection requests to the hiring manager and the VP of sales, but I'm also gonna send connection requests to all the salespeople and SDRs and people in that department. SDR is? SDR. Uh, sales development representative. Yeah. Thank you so very much. We're doing the, the, yeah, the cold calling for most of these companies. So I'm sending these messages out and I'll send a connection request. And in my note, I'll say, hey, I'm considering employment with XYZ company. Uh, I'd love to ask you a couple of questions. Are you open to that? And again, maybe a quarter of the people, you know, accept the connection request and say, sure. Um, I always try to get on the phone with them. Again, a lot of people, when they hear I want a phone call, just start ghosting me. So you really do want to, you know, have a pretty big pool to start with. But let's say you reach out to, you know, 12 salespeople, four of them accept, maybe two of them or one of them will say, yeah, let's get on a 10 minute phone call. Ask them a few questions about the culture there, the experience, what they think about being there. And then you say, hey, who would I be reaching out to about this? Oh, you should reach out to Sean. Perfect. I'll reach to Sean. Hey, could you just do an intro for me? I don't have Sean's email address. Can you just do an intro for me? Sometimes I say yes, sometimes I say no. If they say yes, great. You now have an actual introduction from someone at the company to the hiring manager. That gets you to cut the line. Even if they say no, though, you can now send an email to the hiring manager with the subject line, my conversation with their direct report. Okay, they're going to open an email with the subject line, my recent conversation with Mandy, right? If Mandy's their direct report. And then in the email, you say, hey, I recently had a conversation with Mandy. She said X, Y, Z about the company, which made me really interested. Are you open to talking about working there, right? Something like that. But you can create your own referrals and introductions just by targeting the people on the bottom of the totem pole and then using that relationship to get in front of the person you really want to talk to. It's so cool. Everything you're describing is what I used to do as a recruiter. <laughs> These are oh, yeah. all recruiter techniques, except we didn't have video back in the day. You, know, you, you were trying to find out who to contact, who's in the top of the organization, triangulate to the decision maker who might exist beneath them, name drop the leader of the organization, sandwich it by working your way up from the bottom so that in this way you have a rep to work on. And then from there, you'd have to go find talent, which often involve the same thing. So these are just... Classic sales techniques, right? And I'm just applying them to a job search is all, which again, makes sense for me because I'm a salesperson, but even if you're a product developer, right? You can still do the same thing. Even if you're a software developer, it's all the same stuff. It all works because <laughs> everything you hear folks is that networking is the way you find work. And it's true. That's what the statistics say. LinkedIn says it's as high as 85% of positions are filled as a result of networking. I'm not sure it's completely accurate because they've got a vested interest in promoting that number. The number I heard for years was 70% was filled as a result of networking. 70% of the 70% or 49% came as a result of introductions to people you networked knew you didn't. And it sounds like you're, you, know, you start off with the people that you know, but you exhaust those pretty quickly and now you have to go beyond them. And maybe some of those people give you leads, but you're out there trying to talk to potential uh, uh, hiring managers. Yep. Another way to kind of create that relationship that you need kind of goes into the second category of inbound attempts, but it, I'll mention it here, is to reach out to people you want to know better, whether that's because they are the hiring manager themselves, or maybe they're just you know on a top rep at that company who has influence and could get you in front of the hiring manager, and reach out to them about creating a piece of content with you. 
say, hey, I hear you have expertise in this area. I think my network could benefit from that. How about we hop on Zoom real quick, do a quick little 10 minute video of you sharing expertise and we'll share this post to LinkedIn. They share it on their page, you share it on your page. They've gotten exposure, they've built their brand, they've got exposure for their product and you now have a relationship with someone which is an important relationship to have, right? I've actually landed a job interview with this and I'm still um, considering that company um, because I reached out to the head of that company and said, hey, I've read your work, I've read your book. I think this is a really valuable topic. Do you want to hop on LinkedIn Live with me for like 30 minutes and just talk through your book and talk to our topic for 30 minutes on LinkedIn Live? Yeah, let's do it. So we created a piece of content together, hopped on LinkedIn Live, had a conversation. I didn't know, but they were actually about to open up a sales position. So he invited me to apply for it, right? Um, other times I've reached out to people who I knew were hiring and kind of, you know, feigned ignorance and just said, hey, you have expertise in this area. I want to do some content around this topic. You want to come join me for a LinkedIn Live session or a, a you know, Zoom session or something. And use that to, after the event, say, oh, by the way, do you know any companies hiring? Oh, you're hiring. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Great, right? So that's another way to kind of create a relationship where you need it is through collaborative content. It helps them build their network, build their brand, maybe generate leads for their service, and it creates a relationship. And folks, I'll mention, the, for those of you who are more senior, there's the classic thing of collaborating on the book. Uh, one person I coached uh, is an expert in a particular field. As part of his networking, he was referred to another expert uh, with a bigger name. Uh, they spent some time getting acquainted. They're co-authoring a book that should be, this draft should be done in the next two months. Uh, but the idea of collaborating on the book uh, always works very well because you're able to often trade off the, the other person's name for your own benefit. Yeah. Or even something simple, right? You know, let's say you're someone who's more of an entry-level person, doesn't feel like they can write a book or something, write a LinkedIn article about, you know, company cultures in this industry and just reach out to people in these companies and say, hey, I'm writing an article on LinkedIn about company cultures in this industry. Are you willing to be interviewed for my article? Sure. 10 minutes, hop on there, ask them some questions. Great. I'll let you know when the article's published. Oh, by the way, are you hiring? Right. Now you do have to do the work of writing an article, but honestly, that's a small price to pay considering you just now got, you know, introductions to tons of people at these companies who can then be, you know, further people who can give you introductions to the leadership and the hiring managers. Excellent. What else? Are we still on the... Um, still, on, still on outbounding. I'll wrap up a few of those and we'll move to the, uh, the inbound. So super another super. outbounding technique is if you have people who are really in your corner, right? People you have good relationships with, who know the quality of your work and are willing to do a little bit of effort to help you out, um, which most people do. What you can do is actually have them reach out to the people you're trying to get a hold of as well. So here's a hiring manager. I want to get his attention. I send him a cold email. I send him a video email. I send him a follow-up. I send him a link to connection request. Nothing's working. My next thing is I turn to someone who maybe last week said, hey, John, sorry you're in this spot, but if there's ever any way I can help, let me know, right? People are going to say that to you. Turn to those people and say, hey, I thought of a way you could help. Here's this guy's email address. Can you just send him an email talking about why I'm a great guy and he should talk to me? doesn't have to be much, two or three lines. Hey, I heard John's applying to your company. Here's my experience with John. Here's why I think he's a great guy. And you know, here's his LinkedIn profile. You should connect with him. So now this person, probably they've seen your emails before. Now suddenly gets an email from someone else about you. That's strange. That never happens, right? I even had people, a more extreme version of this. I had some people in my network who literally posted a video to LinkedIn about me 
and tag the companies who I wanted to work for saying, hey, John's a great guy, A company, B company, C company, you should talk to him and tag the names of the hiring managers who I've been emailing. So now these people not only see me in their inbox and the notification feed, now they see other people, third parties making content about me. Again, whoa, that's different. <laughs> Very much so. And these are people who don't necessarily know the hiring manager or the HR not at all. They don't know at all. They are doing a cold email just like I am saying, hey, I don't know you, but I want to talk to you about John. He's be a great role for your company. You should interview him. And again, it doesn't take a lot. You write him the email address and just say, hey, two sentence email, right? And again, I got a response back from someone um, a couple nights ago because he had been resistant to my outreaches and I had two separate people do this technique on my behalf. And he messaged me on LinkedIn saying, okay, I got to ask John, how are you so popular? We just keep having people reach out to us about you and I'm really impressed, right? And we have an interview scheduled for, for, for Monday coming up because of that. So that's another technique. Final thing is something I haven't personally done yet, but I've heard a lot of people do it. There's a website called crash.co. So crash.crashingacar.co. Basically they let you set up very quick, very easy, pre-templated custom like landing pages where it's basically just like a page with your photo, with a video of you saying why you're so good for the role, a couple of quick verbs about your experience, a link to your resume, a link to your social media, pretty, pretty simple landing page. And you literally send this custom URL link, this custom landing page to the people whose attention you want to get. So they click on this link, they get taken to a web page, which is a custom built page that has their company name, their personal name, you, a video of you saying why exactly you want to work for their company in particular, a link to your resume. That was so cool. So good, right? They let you do the first page completely for free. And then if you want to do more, you pay them like 60 bucks and you can build unlimited of these pages. But if you just want to try one out, you can do it for free at crash.co. And it's really simple, really easy. And I think their numbers say like one third of the time you'll get an interview off of it, right? I would say if you include this in a cadence with everything else I mentioned, you're going to get an interview more than one third of the time, right? <laughs> this is just one step out of many. So as a coach, uh, I could do much the same thing, create a crash.co page, uh, target a message to someone, customize for them, and uh, use that as a contact, including a video talking about what my capabilities are. I love one of this. I yeah. One of the things I just thought about recently is once I land a job as a salesperson, no reason I can't build these crash.co pages for my prospects, right? Just rework the template a little bit. Instead of saying you should hire me, just say you should take a meeting with me to talk about my product. But yeah, crash.co, fantastic. Again, it takes up 10 minutes to set up a custom planning page and then you send that URL to someone. Excellent. So and you can customize what the URL says, right? So you could literally be like crash.co slash your username slash why Jared should talk to John. And that could be the URL, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, how cool That's is fabulous. that? That is fabulous. All right. So now for, we'll wrap up on some of the inbound uh, techniques. If you don't have any other questions about the outbound. No, we're do we have to switch over, yes. Cool. So on the inbound side of things, I treat this like content marketing, where basically I put out tons of content that is valuable to my LinkedIn audience that mentions and references the fact that I'm looking for a job. Doing this both times, I've been able to, within like a week of my job search being public, have a list of like 50 companies that either I've been directly introduced to, or at least someone has like told me, hey, they're hiring jobs, you should check them out. And people who are total strangers to me are reaching out in comments and DMs saying, hey, John, talk to Mark, he's my you know, previous boss. So create content. 
every day or at least twice a week, if you're not into content much, be creating content, which again is providing value to people, but then mention your job search. So how to provide value to people, right? You can talk about knowledge specific um, or like very knowledge-based posts. Like, hey, you wanna know how to write better email subject lines? Here's a few tips on how to do it. Basically look at all the things that you've learned in your career over the last few years and just teach people those things. You could also do more generalized knowledge. So maybe it's not role specific. Maybe you just teach things you've learned from being a professional, like how to manage work-life balance well, how to avoid distractions when you're working, how to manage relationships with colleagues in other departments, how to give your manager upwards feedback effectively, right? Like these are all just general professional skills that you've probably learned. Make a post about it and make sure in each post you reference, by the way, you know, if you're reading this, I'm looking for a job in this area. So let me know right? If you know of anything, or you could even tie it into the message and say, Hey, do you want more people on your team who are good at X? Well, here, let me teach you something about X. Oh, and by the way, the best way to get more people on your team who are good at X is to hire me to your team because I'm good at X, right? That's a good way to tie the message in. Um, another type of content I've, or post I've seen work really well is content sharing your journey. So even if you don't have anything to teach, just share your journey, the emotional struggles, the ups and downs, the vulnerability, the highs, the lows, the, the, the lessons you've learned, the character building that's happening, this journey of you job searching, you know, once a week, once every other week, whatever is your style, give people an update about what's going on and what it's like and what you're learning and how it's you know, developing you. Again, it's really easy to tack on the message of I'm job searching because literally the whole post is about your emotional journey of job searching. People love that content. People love the vulnerability. People love the life lessons. And again, it's easy to tack on the message you're job hunting, and it'll get a lot of people in your corner who see that, who resonate with that, who reach out to you. For me, this is the way I started my job search the first time around. I made a post like the day after I got fired. And it was a video of me just kind of talking about what had just happened to me. And the emotion is on my face and it's in my voice because it was so fresh of a wound talking about the you know, how vulnerable I felt and how much shame I felt. And people flocked that post, right? That was one of those posts that had like 20,000 views, 200 comments, you know, two dozen shares. And so many doors got open to me from that post. So many people reached out with encouragement, but also with job opportunities. So share your journey, right? Um, if you're you know, into doing something a little bit more, I don't know, uh, extra, you can host events. This has been a big part of my job strategy this time, where twice a week I'm hosting events, whether they're in Zoom or in LinkedIn Live. I'm just bringing people together to have conversations and inviting the public to attend. So maybe it's conversations about how to get write a better resume. Maybe it's conversations about you know, how to... Uh, set boundaries at a in, in work in a professional setting, just events with interesting content, interesting topics. And again, mention in each event, by the way, this is part of my job search. I'm creating this content or do guest appearances, right? Maybe you don't want to host your own stuff, but you know someone who has a LinkedIn live show or a podcast, right? Reach out to them to get on their podcast. Um, even clubhouse could be content, right? You could open up a clubhouse room. One of my friends who's job hunting has a weekly clubhouse room for job seekers, where we can come together and share ideas and share strategies. He's invited various hiring managers to join as well. And he's kind of becoming the hub where these hiring managers and job seekers get together in a clubhouse session. And he's the host, which again, creates more relationships. And like you just mentioned, Jeff, relationships are a big part of getting jobs. I got to tell you, this has been fabulous. Thank you for making time today. How can people find out more about you? Maybe want to hire you, reach out to you. How can people connect with you? So I'd say LinkedIn is the best place. Um, everything I do, you know, whether it's through my podcast or these various events that I host is on LinkedIn. So Jonathan Mahan on LinkedIn. Um, Spell Mahan for them. 
Yeah, that is M-A-H-A-N. Uh, currently, my profile picture is me with a yellow background. So if you see other John Mahans out there, uh, that, those are the ones. Um, I imagine probably, you know, a link to my profile as well uh, in the show notes here. So yeah, Jonathan Mahan on LinkedIn, you'll find me there. Yeah, as of this recording, so I did get a job offer a few weeks ago, but I actually turned it down because I had a lot of stuff in my pipeline that looked more interesting, but I wanted to really see how it panned out. So as of this point, I haven't accepted any job offers yet. I'm just kind of sitting on a few, waiting to see what my options are before I make a final selection. So depending on how long I'm waiting, I may still be available for hire when you listen to this, but even if not, I post a lot of content, even when I'm not in a job job search, and I'm sure it'll be fun getting to know each other on LinkedIn. And because this is a podcast and because it's going to be on YouTube, I have to tell you folks, you may watch this two years from now. Contact them if, if you're interested in a salesperson. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, I've got a lot that's in the show notes that will help you. Go there, take a look at some of the things I highlight. I know it can help you with your search. But I want you to do one thing for me, and that is put in your phone, thebiggamehunter.us, Jeff Alpin, my name. And when you need help, when you need advice, when you have a question, come over to the website, go exploring in the blog, contact me for coaching or because you have a question, I'd love to help you. In the meantime, I hope you have a terrific day, and most importantly, be great! Today's show is brought to you by AppJobs. AppJobs is a site that has freelance work, but it's not the typical web design, uh, web creation type of work or digital work. It's things like doing delivery, teaching, being a handy person, driving, cleaning, you know, blue collar kind of work that I know some of you do. Again, I'm going to have a link in the show notes to appjobs.com, and I hope you find it helpful. And now, let's get going.